Welcome to the Inspired Way Podcast. This show is designed to inspire and empower you to face the daily storms of life with passion, strength, and courage. We believe that we can be transformed by the testing of these storms, growing stronger, not wavering in our faith, and a knowing that our endurance will be strengthened. And when it is all said and done, we'll be perfect and complete, body, soul, and spirit. For we seek to control the controllables and nothing more. Our goal with this show and company is to keep a posture of learning by renewing our minds daily and taking action on what we have learned so that when the storms of life come our way, we are ready to face the storm. We, 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 we are ready to face the storm. Welcome back to the Inspired Way podcast. I am your host, Tim Douglas. And uh, well, this is going to be another good one for you guys. I am excited to have Mike Povins on the podcast. Uh, he reached out to me actually from... Uh, another mutual podcaster that we know. And uh, I kind of put him off for a little while <laughs> unintentionally, but uh, finally got him on. And this was a fun conversation. I just really liked connecting with Mike. But before I get into the episode, I just wanted to say thank you to our sponsors or partners, uh, Naked Warrior Recovery and Salty Bridges. Naked Warrior Recovery is a company founded by Will Brenham, a 26-year Navy SEAL veteran. So when you support him, you're supporting a USA brand, you're supporting a U.S. Navy SEAL veteran, uh, and so you're supporting a, a veteran-owned company, which is one of the things that I love uh, to do. Uh, we need to be supporting our veterans even more. So when you support him, uh, you are also supporting the podcast, but in doing so, we want to say thank you. So use the code BUFFALO20 when you click on the link down below to go purchase, which the link down below is timdouglasinspires.com forward slash partners. You'll see it on there. Click on that link and use the code BUFFALO20 to save 20% off every single purchase. Also, Get Salty Britches. Thank you so much, Salty Britches, for being a partner with us or partnering with the Inspired Way podcast to give our listeners a discount on your product as well. This is another product made here in the USA, and so you're also supporting a USA brand. Not only that, you are also, every tube that is purchased, she gives a tube to the U.S. military. Again, we're supporting our, our troops, so thank you so much, Amy, for doing that. Uh, Salty Bridges is a skin barrier. It helps chafing, uh, fight against chafing and blistering. So click on the link, same same link. Uh, you'll, you'll see both of them on there, Naked Warrior and... Uh, salty britches on my partner's page but use this the code inspire 20 to save 20 percent on your purchase with uh, salty britches all right let's get into my episode today it is with mike povins i mentioned that already and uh, he is on a mission to really help uh help men discover their best version of themselves and for guide, in guiding them to be better husbands and fathers. He has written a book called Iron and Cotton. I love that. I just love the imagery of that, Iron and Cotton. And he kind of dives into where that came from, which is amazing. I love the idea. It's something that I didn't even know Mike at the time, but started doing uh, because of what where he learned this, uh, I learned it as well from my father-in-law. So it's very cool. So I don't want to spoil that. But Mike is also a podcast host of the podcast uh, Iron and Cotton, uh, along with the book. He lives in North Georgia, which is wicked cool because we're really close to each other. Uh, so is Cornbread. I just had him on. He's in Georgia. We're going to connect soon as well and do some trail time. But uh, Mike uh, has been married over 20 years. Another, I mean, another man that's been married over 20 years. That's amazing. So congrats and honor to him. Uh, they got uh, three children. They're raising up basically a little farm out there in North Georgia. They have some dogs, some chickens, some guinea pigs, and one psychotic fish, he says. So <laughs> it's pretty cool. He's an outdoorsman. I think you're really going to enjoy him. Uh, just to his perspective. Or his view. We kind of. Uh, this is an interesting conversation. We just talk about men and one of the things that really holds us back and that that, that we're challenged by um, and uh, in marriage. And so I hope you really enjoy this one. And without further ado, my good friend now, Mike Povins. Well, it's good to have you finally uh, and connect with you. We've been kind of playing, uh, kind of 
text tag and social tag here and there, but we finally caught up. So I'm happy to have you on the podcast. Dude, I'm excited to be here, man. Uh, when I first uh, got introduced to who you were and started following you a little bit, I was uh, excited to be uh, eventually on here and I'm, I'm glad it's working out. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, uh, I dropped the ball for a little bit. You and I uh, connected a while back, actually, and, and I dropped the ball. Uh, I had a little bit of a stint where I took a break during Christmas and because uh, we met prior to prior to Christmas, just before, I think it was November. I can't quite remember when yeah, it was. But. I thought it was something I said, you know. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that jerk, man, he's ghosting me like crazy. Like mm-hmm. he just, uh, he said we wanted to, he wanted to do a show and then he just bailed <laughs> just, on me. So flaky, led me dude. on like a blonde in high school. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, anyway, and then, uh, truth be told, uh, I, like I said, I, I took a little short little break and then my computer, as we were talking offline, my computer was acting up and it was, it was frustrating me to the point to where, um, I didn't want to get into a podcast interview and then it just, boom, because I would start a recording like a solo cast and, or try to do an intro, uh, recording it and it would just power down. Right. And so then I just got frustrated and, uh, Again, truth be told, I was avoiding, here we are talking about this storms in our life and whether to face them as a buffalo or avoid, avoid them. So I'm here to admit to you and admit to the listeners that I avoided this storm. I knew that this was coming and I kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off to a point where here we are mid-March and I had to go out and buy a computer because I'm like, I cannot keep putting this thing off. I've got to uh, I had already knew that you and I had had some uh, conversations and we needed to, you know, I told you we need to record and I was, I wanted to be a man of my word in that regard. So thank you for your grace. Thank you for your patience. And uh, as I try to power my, my laptop up, like I said, this is a new laptop, man. So I'm trying to get all used to this thing and but, all good. Uh, thank you so much. No, thank you, man. Again, excited yeah. to be here. Cool. Well, uh, as we've kind of already warmed up to the fact we, you know, many of the listeners know uh, that are, that follow the podcast, but maybe there's some new listeners on here that aren't familiar, excuse me. Yeah. Aren't familiar with the podcast because they're, they're fans of you and they're listening to this podcast because um, they want to hear what you have to say. And so for those, I just wanted to give them the, the story real quick of the cow and the buffalo and really what is the inspired way? Like they're probably wondering what is the inspired way? Well, it's really the lessons that we can learn by watching a cow and a buffalo and how they face storms. And uh, this plays out very well in the Midwest and Colorado where you're watching cow and buffalo cohabitate in the same area. Storms will come in, the cows will head east, try to avoid the storms, trying to run away from them. The, <laughs> They're not cheetahs by no means. And so the storms catch up with them. And now they're running with the storm that they're trying to avoid, which increases the amount of time, stress, frustration, and pain that they have to deal with that storm. The buffalo, on the other hand, sees the exact same storm, faces the storm, and then runs through and into the storm. Storm passes over the top of them, decreasing the amount of time, stress, frustration, and pain. And uh, I can contest to the frustration the pain <laughs> of not dealing with this computer soon enough. And so I avoided it uh, long enough to, to where I had to face it and get through it. So, so with that, uh, you know, I know you and I kind of chatted a little bit offline and you've faced some storms in your life and I love where you're at now. I love the whole brand that you're building uh, iron and cotton and just the direction that you're going with men. And so uh, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, and then we can dive into maybe some of the storms that you faced and how you got through them and maybe see where the conversation goes from there. Sure. Now I'll share with you though, first with your, your concept and then and, and pointing out what's actually happening with these buffaloes and the cows. So I don't know if you were ever a Seinfeld uh, follower back in the day, but yeah. for me, it's always been 
do the opposite. Like, mm. you know, I, I don't want to handle this, so I'll avoid it. And actually I need to do the opposite. I need to go right at it or whatever. Absolutely. But I, I think at George Costanza having a day where he's like, I'm going to do the opposite of everything George would normally do. And his <laughs> life got tremendously better. It was great. Yeah. It was, it was a, a funny episode, but. Uh, it's a good you know. one. I have to go back and uh, hunt that one down. Yeah, for sure. Check that one out. That's a yeah. similar, similar idea. But no, man, uh, Mike Povins, uh live in uh, Georgia in the North North Georgia mountains. Um, used to actually live out in Colorado. You re- referenced that yeah. when you were giving your, your analogy there and uh, loved it. Lived in Fort Collins for about four years. Got uh, my wife, which is actually my high school sweetheart. We've been together oh, wow. for 21 years. And nice. We've got three kids, uh, two in high school, a girl and a boy, and then a, a girl that's in middle school. So hmm. those three kids and a bunch of dogs and chickens and guinea pigs and rabbit and, you know, a suburban nice. dad lifestyle with lots of animals and kids and uh, keeping busy. But um, medical sales is the, the day job, uh, something I've enjoyed for many, many years. That's had many a challenges. I've been doing that for 20 years now. Wow. Learned a lot in the dynamics of working with people and, and mm-hmm. had a lot of fun. But it was about six years ago, at least now, that there was a knocking on my heart. And I give God a lot of this credit, uh, all the credit, really, for just kind of waking me up to the idea of what it means to be a man. And mm-hmm. a lot of that came very evident as I was raising a little man, right? And mm, raising, yeah. uh, raising two daughters and wondering the kind of men that they were going to interact with and started really paying attention to what society says a man is and mm. what I've been influenced by in my life. And uh, so it just, all, it all kind of culminated into taking a very personal journey on what it means to be a man and then deciding to take that public. So I had landed on 12 core values of uh, what I wanted to represent as, as a man in this world. Mm. So I took those core values, created a, a following called modern chivalry men and spent a year talking about each core value, one a month for 12 months. So 12 values. Wow. 12 months. So Very I had a lot cool. of fun with that, had a lot of great discussion, dialogue, engaged in men's lives. But after a year, it, it was one of those things that felt like it was just words and I mm. wanted to engage more deeply. So I got guys off the couch and out, out from uh, watching uh, March Madness right now, for example, yeah. you know, and go actually get involved in the community. And we did a lot of charity events, golf events, cornhole Nice. Food drive stuff, got really engaged with a uh, addiction recovery program called No Longer Bound here. Mm. I learned I learned more from those men than I've learned from from very successful businessmen, I'll tell you that, for example. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned more from guys that have gone through absolute worst parts of life. Uh, and and I'm so thankful for it. But mm. that's a real quick snapshot of who I am and how I've kind of gotten here and why yeah. I've gotten passionate about the topic of manhood and and uh, trying to be the best version of ourselves and helping other guys along the way. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Uh, You know, I love not digging too deep into my guests because I get to learn along with the listeners as well. Uh, Knew a little bit about your back history just because we've, we've had a couple of conversations, but I didn't realize that you were raising a boy, which is cool. And then six years ago, you really felt that tug to, really dive into what does it mean to be a man? And I wrote a question down here because that kind of spoke to me and I'll explain why in a moment, but I'd like to know um, how old was your son at this point in time? So he's 16 now and it was really starting to ping on me. I'd say around 10 years old. Yeah. yeah, He was preteen. It was just really kind of, I don't know, things just start to happen in that, yeah. Kind of middle school age. Yeah. And yeah. 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 That's cool, man. I really like that. Uh, you and I had a very similar journey as far as getting to this part in our lives where we felt like um, there was this pull to really understand, like, who am I as a man? What does it mean to be a man? Um, and I would love to, to hear the, the path that you took on that. Like where you went to glean or to get some information, this, that, and the other. Uh, For me, I had a couple of sources and I I would love to share them just because it's pertinent to this conversation. For for me, it was 20, um, 
end of 2016 going into 2017. And I, uh, I was really kind of, actually, that's probably about the same time frame, isn't it? Um, yeah. 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 So I, I just had this stirring as well as like, what does it mean to be a man? Like, who am I as a man? And so I've been following Ryan Mickler since 2015 when he first launched Order of Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of fell away for a little bit, but then I knew he was out there. So I went back, started listening to that, and that dove me into a couple of other podcasts like The Art of Manliness and um, and then got introduced by listening to these guys to other, um, I would say, God, that sounds terrible. I'll just be honest. The thought that came to my mind, more Christian uh, lifestyle type men, right? Sure. Um, yeah. And so uh, I say that, I say terrible just because, you know, like Ryan would say, hey, you know, he's a Christian or whatever. But, you know, I, I look at some, like some of the guests that really I drew towards these guys are really true. Like, I mean, you can see they're more faith, faith forward kind of exactly very faith forward. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, Stephen Mansfield was one of those men. And so, uh, if you're not familiar with him, uh, check him out or, you know, listeners definitely check him out. I, I there's a book that I always give kids that I mentor or men that I mentor. Uh, it's called, uh, Mansfield book of manly men. And he has, uh, four, uh, um, to call it uh, pillars, so to speak, that he, I forget what he calls them, but you know, that he goes by and uh, it's really good. And it's r- really different than the yes, doing manly things like fixing a tire or, you know, doing the garden or the yard or chopping wood. Yes. That's all, that's, that's all manly type stuff too, but there's also integrity, having great character, you know, um, uh, being a man of influence, things like that, uh, that really kind of like was like, oh, wow, okay, uh, where do I where do I align in that area? But where do I align in this other area as well? So I was really being uh, challenged in all of these areas to be a more rounded man instead of just being, as Mickler would say, a male um, and really showing up as a as a man in my life or in my world. And the reason why I asked you about your son's age is because my son had already graduated. And looking back, it's like, wow, I didn't lead my kids well. I didn't lead my son well. And, you know, we, we, we went to church. We were involved in the church. You know, our kids were involved in the church because mom and dad were involved in the church, but I didn't right. lead, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. The way I really felt like I should have and could have. And uh, so, you know, that's some insight for me now. And, I can't go back and change any of that, but it's definitely something to encourage other dads who might be listening that if they have younger kids, like the importance of knowing who you are as a man, um, because I see it in my son. Now he's confused as to, you know, what it means to be a man, you right. know, and we learn by the environment that we're in. Um, sure. And so, um, so I'm curious as the journey you know, that you took, uh, around that time frame. No, I just kind of comment on what you're saying. It's, it's so easy to, for time to slip by. Right. Mm-hmm. And the words that came to mind was you're telling that story is something that I've really locked onto over the last couple of years is the words intentional and purposeful. Mm-hmm. So a big, a big part of that for me is for my marriage. Um, you know, I locked onto that to make sure I'm an intentional husband and a purposeful yeah. husband. But if we think about it, if we compare it to other aspects in our life, like at work, it's very easy to be intentional and purposeful because we know what 100%. we're looking for. We know what we're looking the outcome to be. We know we want that raise or we know we want that job. You know, and there's things that we do intentionally and personally to move forward in that career. Yeah. And I don't think we apply a lot of that to our lives. Like, oh, I'm, I'm a father now. I want to be a very intentional, purposeful father. Well, what does yeah, that mean? Exactly. What does that look like? What are the conversations I should have or shouldn't have? Mm-hmm. Or how should I engage with my wife about these conversations? Or what other men could be involved? And, and you know, you're probably a lot like me. I mean, I, I just, uh, you know, kind of got out of college, got a job, and then started having, you know, got married and had kids. And next thing yeah. I'm like, I'm a dad and he's 10 years old. And wait, am I really thinking this through? Like, what, yeah. what should I be doing? How should I be contributing you know, you just have these moments that uh, 
I think like, like you and I were like, oh, I want to tell men about this stuff earlier. I mm-hmm. want to get them to be thinking about it because maybe our fathers didn't pass that on so specifically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I had a great dad. He very intentional with uh, teaching me life lessons out on the soccer field. When I was playing mm-hmm. soccer, he could apply any life lessons to soccer. It was amazing. <laughs> sure. it was amazing. I, I don't care if it was finances. I don't care if it what he could apply it to soccer, but, uh, but not everybody gets that right. You got guys. Right. You know, didn't have a father figure or or a not so great father figure, and and then next thing you know, we just kind of repeat the cycle because we didn't have that given to us. But yeah, anyway, I I, I feel you, man. I uh, that's why I have a big passion for this, and specifically around marriage is where I've spent a good bit of time lately. So speaking of that, um, you know, I know that's that's really your your passion. You've I you know, in following you, it's it's marriage and. Uh, helping men within their marriage. And so I can only imagine that uh, you've probably experienced some storms that you've gone through uh, because marriage in and of itself is, I, I feel, and I don't mean this in a, in a, a negative way, but storm in and of it, excuse me, marriage in and of itself is a storm because there's constantly always something that comes up that you have to deal with. You have the choice to avoid it and not deal with it or to face it and deal with it. And so there's always things that come up. So I don't know if some of those storms that you mentioned earlier uh, are related to uh, marriage or not, but we could definitely dive into them. Yeah. It's funny. I said uh, myself, Oh man, he's going to ask me about storms and and four immediately popped up in my head. (laughs) And the, the funny one, the fourth one is the marriage one where, I did not realize they were storms at the time. Mm. That's, that's how not intentional, not purposeful I was. I actually just, it, it took me looking back at those and going, oh man, I did not handle that well. You mm. know, and I created, I planted seeds of resentment. I did things that, you know, uh, I, that's again, that passion of, I want to, I want to help my son to avoid some of these, you know, snags and booby traps that, yeah. you know, can get you later on. And, but fortunately for me, and, and, you know, I mentioned I married my high school sweetheart. We were friends first, right? We have a, and, and actually a lot of the books I read, one of the ones I'm a huge fan of is John Gottman, The Seven Principles of Making Marriage Work. Hmm. Um, I, I, you know, sure, I want everybody to buy my book, but a very close second, I'll give him. <laughs> 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 you got to have his book. I'll just tell you that. Yeah. You definitely do. He did years of research and it is absolutely outstanding data in there. But a big part of what he talks about in there is uh, friendship, friendship mm-hmm. with your, your wives and how that gets you through these hard times. And um, uh, so a, a quote in there that talked about some data he pulled that like 70% of women uh, found more enjoyment, romance, better sex life, all that kind of stuff because of their friendship. And then they pulled the men, 70% of men said the same thing. It was wow. like, okay, so we're really on the same page. That friendship is yeah. such a huge element. And what yeah. I mean by that is think about the tensions that you have maybe at work or with a buddy or something like that. You treat them differently than when you have tensions with your wife. All right. And then the time you spend with your your buddies doing something fun and, you know, creative and playful or whatever, you know, invest that time with your wife too. She wants to have fun and be creative. It's not this roommate situation where you guys are splitting the bills and you have some benefits, you know, right. that it's gotta be more than that and build that friendship. But so the storms, I will say, I went through my storms with an ally. And mm. uh, when I think about my marriage, I was very fortunate to weather being laid off I was very fortunate in 2012 to go through the most stress I'd ever been in work with my wife being there as a rock for me. And then in wow. 2018, went through a kind of spiritual attack, um, I would call it. And I had her there the whole time. It mm. was one of those things that I actually, if I have a um, like that passion behind this is I want that for other men. I cannot imagine going through what I went through and I know buddies are going through things that they don't have that. And they Mm -hmm. don't have that stability of a strong woman and relationship to help you get through that. Trying to do this stuff on our own because we feel like we're supposed to be man enough. So to be tough enough, you can do all that. You can still be tough, but having a woman by your side to get through things, it's going to help things go a lot better. Yeah, man. That's, you know, 
That's cool. It's amazing because a lot of men don't have that. I would say, um, even though they're, they love their wife or their wives love them, they're still, I, I would say, you know, that's, I'm challenged by that. I'll just be sure. real. Like yeah. I I've been challenged by that. Um, uh, so, my so wife can and I, I have been, so can, that? I cha- can I challenge that a little bit with yeah, you? Like, please. What, so what, what, why do you think that is like, you know, for the guys that are out there, maybe you personally, you know, yeah. I, I've got some assumptions around that on our pride and our ego, right? Yeah. We don't want to have to ask for help or we don't want to look weak or something like that. So I, I would love to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. That you know, uh, for me, for a long time, it was, um, one of my biggest storms was was within our marriage, and that was I was being selfish, <laughs> and I think a lot of it boils what? down. What somebody to being that. selfish? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just I was being selfish. Uh, I wanted to chase a dream that it was that was. This sounds terrible. My dream, right? Sure. <laughs> Selfish, sure. Right? Yeah, I've been there, my, buddy. It's my dream. I want to chase this dream. I knew uh, I knew my wife would push back on it. And so I didn't go to her and tell her about it. Uh, I just started pursuing it on the side. And after uh, a little while, you know, she, she was like, are you? are you training for something? You know? And I'm like, well, you know, kind of, you know, kind of, you know, I was thinking about doing da, 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 da. She was like, what, when were you going to tell me? You know? So, and part of it was, I just didn't want to deal at the time. I didn't want to deal with any sure. of the pushback or anything. You don't want to hear no, you don't want an obstacle, right? Yeah, exactly. So I'm just going to, I'm going to push through and do it. And, and, uh, and, and that's not very friend-like. Like I was telling friends what I was doing, yeah. you know? And I think that's where I say like the challenges is where um, for me at the time and uh, not so much now, like we've obviously grown beyond that, but it was, I didn't want, again, I didn't want the pushback. I didn't want to be challenged in that way. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And right. I wanted her to support that. Even after I told her, I wanted her to completely support it. And then when she didn't support it, it made me feel even more kind of like, well, you know, all my, not all my friends, uh, (laughs) but majority of my friends supported it. Right. You know, Um, and what I found though, and this is the, this is the challenge I think for those listening is I was telling, because we have to be very careful of who we're telling uh, things too. Right. Uh, because the information that we get, if it, if it feels good, we'll use that. And what I mean by that is, you know, I created new friends, which I don't even know now during that time frame, because when I would say certain things, they would, Oh dude, no. Oh man. Yeah. They, they would validate the emotions or the feelings or the things that I was you know, where I was at with the situation. So I think that's the, for me, it was, it was more or less that it's just, I didn't want to deal with the no and feeling like, Oh, I've got to answer to someone else. And if that makes it, you know, it's a very selfish. Does man. I've been there. I've I've done the same stuff. Done the exact same (laughs) stuff. So, but like hindsight, when I look back and I'm like, all right, how could I have handled that differently? Yeah. Oh, Totally. And, and I think about that kind of stuff to help, you know, propel our relationship forward. It's like a uh, recent thing I was reading about is allowing your wife to have influence in your life is a big, hard thing f- for a man to do. Yeah. We think either we think, or and I, I'm not throwing, I don't want to throw all the men under the bus, but I know sure. for me, selfishly, I'm like, I think I've got the answer. I have the yeah. solution to how we're going to get through this financial thing or how we're going to, you know, yeah. manage our, our money or what we're going to do for fun. Or, you know, I, I feel like, I've got that and I, and I want to own that, but that's a lot of pride in there with things. And mm. I'm in this partnership now. So how can we work through that and get her to have influence and say so on these things? And sometimes that does mean some sacrifice. It does. And I think, I, man, you're, you're absolutely right. There's a quote and I'm going to butcher it. Um, 
I got it in like 2019 where it says to, to first influence, you must first be influenced and by the other individual, right? Before you can influence anyone else, like before I can influence my wife into the direction I want to go or, you know, a decision, I, you know, I must first be influenced by her and allow her influence to resonate into my life. And I, I'm so, as, as you were sharing that, I was thinking about like, okay, what could we give listeners right here that might be challenged by that male or female? Cause we do have some female listeners and, and I would say, find um, God sent me this. I wouldn't say go find uh, that's, that's dangerous, <laughs> you know, but I prayed uh, for, for God to send people into my life that I needed. And I am so blessed that he sent me uh, an, an amazing friend that um, I don't quite understand, uh, but we're, we're like really, we're, I would say we're best friends. Like we're your best friends. And that's the awesome. cool part about it, dude, is he's just like my wife. <laughs> and so, so he can probably help you see her perspective. Exactly. So yeah. when I struggle with something, when we struggle with something, and then I, I just share, you know, openly with him, he gives me a perspective that I could never even see. Even she could try to explain it. And I, and here's the challenge is for me, uh, empathy is, is, is like hard to come by. Like I have to work hard to really dial it up. Right. Sure. And so he helps me understand from her point of view, like where things might be. And, and, uh, and, and that's not all the time, but it's, it's happened, you know, a few times where I'm like, Oh, wow, dude, you know how awesome it is to have you in my life. Like, yeah. because he thinks a lot like her and, and, you know, so I think where I was going with that is just be, if, if you are challenged by that, be praying for someone to God to send someone into your life that they can speak to uh, that side that you don't quite understand. Right. No, dude, not just like our spouse. That's huge. And to your point earlier, you can easily find people that are in your camp yeah. on your side yeah. <laughs> and it just fuels the fire. Yep. And uh, I've been fortunate as well, just being a part of different men's groups through my church, leading men's yeah. groups in my church. I've been exposed to guys that have different perspectives and it's amazing how many guys that have a, I don't know if you've ever taken those different like temperament tests, right? Yeah. So there's like, uh, there's one that's real popular right now, that uh, blue, green, yellow, red yep. kind of squared out thing that help yeah. you understand. And I'm a yellow, red and my wife's a, a green, a green, yellow. Yep. And, and so <laughs> mine's a green blue, but okay. yeah, I'm a, I'm a yellow, red, very close. Yeah. So yeah. you get it. So like when she's in her kind of green, greenness, it's hard for me to understand where yep. she's coming from. And then, yeah, totally. but I interpret that as she's just being crazy or she's being silly or, you know, she just doesn't 100%. get it. And I, and I just plow through. Right. But what is that doing in our relationship? It's creating a divide. Yes. And, you know, and that, that's not strengthening our marriage and it's not, it's not growing our uh, respect for each other. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, the word that came to mind when you were telling all this is something that if I want to try and hit a guy right between the eyes is, uh, and I'll try to do that for the listeners here is we all want to be a man of honor. I think that yeah. word sticks in our core of like, I'm a man of honor. Well then honor the woman in your life, mm -hmm. honor her, honor her opinions, honor her thoughts, honor her emotions by being patient, try to be understanding those are the ways we can honor the women in our life. Yeah. Not, not by just pressing through saying, I'm going to get my way. I love that. And just to tag onto that, the, the verse that came to my mind, which to relate it to what you just said about honor, because I totally agree with that is um, it's second Corinthians two, five, which is the, we take every thought captive right? And bringing it under the obedience of Christ. And so like, are my thoughts towards my spouse um, honoring? Are my thoughts toward my spouse good? You know? And so if not, then I need to take those, those thoughts captive. And that's where I had to make that shift years ago was I realized that my thoughts towards my wife were not honoring, were not loving, were not kind, were not peaceful you know, any of the fruits of the spirit, they just were, they sure. just weren't. And so I had to change the way I saw 
her um, and just exercising, like not giving place to those thoughts, not giving place to um, the, the like, oh my gosh, that is so stupid. I don't, you know, I don't understand. And I may not understand it, and that's okay to not understand. It. And I told right. my wife all the time, like, she was like, I just, I just don't understand. And I'm like, you don't, you don't have to understand. It's, you don't, you don't really have to understand, you know, and it's okay <laughs> because I don't understand her sometimes and that's right. okay. So, but getting that understanding is uh, something I have a lot of fun with uh, when, when working with guys on, on this exact stuff, right. Is yeah. like, I don't understand her and we just want to dismiss, right. And, and move on. And some things need to just be let go. But sure. Um, one of the things I talk about in my book is our core beliefs. And mm. so I've kind of boiled that down. I like to make things simple. Uh, I, we all come with our core beliefs. So our core beliefs on faith, our core beliefs on money, our core beliefs on uh, you know how love works, worldviews, and health. And health is kind of like you know how you eat or you know exercise. Yeah. And your wife came with her set of core beliefs. You came yeah. with your set of core beliefs. And you can have a lot of fun in your relationship by trying to uncover, you know, what mm. are those core beliefs? Because a lot of the fighting, if you look into it, a lot of times is coming from those core beliefs are being violated. Like, well, you think this way and she thinks this way because she watched her parents manage money this way. You yeah. watched your parents manage money this way. So I'm right. You're wrong. And she's thinking the exact same thing. And uh, it's not so much. I remember, uh, and I wrote about this too, was a couple that were fighting about money and I didn't ask them like what their debt was. I didn't ask them what they were trying to buy. I asked them what was their history of money and got them mm -hmm. talking and she had shared some of her fears around money. He shared a little bit of his fears around money and they got a better understanding and appreciation of where the two were coming from. Yeah. And that's why they were reacting the way they were. They had never really dug into that. They never probed mm. into our history dictates yeah. so much of who we are today. Wow. There's so much there that we could go into. One of the thoughts that comes to mind is, uh, and I was just on a, I have a discipleship call that I'm on every, every Monday. And um, the thoughts that we, we, we kind of had this similar conversation about our wives, like how do, how we can deal with people at work, um, differently. And then we come home and we treat our spouse differently. Right. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and in a different way, like we're harsher, we're, you know, sharper or whatever, you know, we're more argumentative. And why is that? You know, we kind of got into that conversation and part of it for me, like, I was just, I was just explaining to them, like, this just happened over the weekend. My wife's like, what's up with you? Like, what's going on? <laughs> you know, and she's gotten to that point where she can just ask that question, you know, earlier on, we, you know, she couldn't ask that, but now we're in this place where she's like, dude, what's going on? Like something's up. And, right. but self-awareness, I, I just told them, I, I believe that we, uh, that's lacking in a lot of people. And I don't mean it just as a buzzword. I truly mean like truly understanding. Like, so as soon as she asked me that question, I was able to answer her. I knew right. immediately what was going on inside of me. I just wasn't outwardly communicating it because we were just kind of in passing, you yep. know, and she could pick up on some of it or she'd say something and she could just tell I was in a funk. <laughs> yeah. And so, but I, I was able to tell her, you know, it's this, this, and this, this is, you know, and one of them, she was able to, to contribute to and help. She was like, okay, can I help in this area here? And so, but having that understanding of ourselves back to that money thing is like, until someone asks or even sometimes even getting it out before someone has to ask, like knowing like, Hey, this is where I'm at right now. And I'm feeling a certain way. This is going South or whatever. This right. is why, you know, I just need a moment or whatever. So, um, well, it's huge. You bring up, uh, recognizing that in yourself, um, I think a big part of that is that emotional intelligence stuff. Yeah. And I know that uh, there's a great book, Travis, Brad, Barry, mm -hmm. and Graves or something like that. I think it is. Yeah. But they did a study that showed that only 36% of us can accurately identify our emotions wow. and like where they're coming from. So we got two thirds of us running out around out here 
like I'm angry and I don't know why. Right. So yeah. you come home from work, she comes home from work. She's frustrated. You're frustrated. You're not frustrated at each other. You're mm-hmm. it's something, something else going on, but then you're taking it out on each other. And, yeah. But if you can identify that and you, you build that relationship, like you've got with your wife now, or you're yeah. like, all right, something's up, what's going on. Yeah. And it, and if it is them and you're able to talk about it, like, Hey, I came home, that bill that was supposed to be paid isn't paid. You know, the, the, the dog threw up and it's still there. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, what is going on? I had a bad day at work, you know, you know, that being able to talk yeah. that stuff out is huge. You're going to get frustrated with each Absolutely. other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, before we get too, too sidetracked there, cause I, I could, I, we could take that another direction, but before, sure. before I um, do, before we kind of pivot a little bit, I do want to say like one of the conversations where we lent it to on Monday in that discipleship call was um, this idea. I proposed this to these guys that I, I learned from, actually, I learned it from Brendan Burchard and it's what high performers do. And they release tension from one activity before they go to another activity, whether it's a phone call, whether it's a meeting, whether it's transition. So how we manage our transitions throughout the day is important to how we show up at home. Right. So like if I don't transition well from a meeting that didn't go well and go into another meeting, I carry that tension over. And then I just keep yeah. carrying that tension throughout the day to where I come home and I blow up on everybody else or throw up on everybody else. And they're wondering what the heck is going on. Right. And it's because I'm not managing my tension well. Whereas if I just press pause just for a few moments, you know, it doesn't take, I mean, if you can't press pause just for a few moments to transition and release any tension, you're doing it wrong. Right. Your day wrong, right? And it's just releasing that tension, the stress, the worry, whatever was from that meeting, that call, that email, whatever it may have been, and then setting the intention on the next call. How do I want to show up for Mike when I talk to Mike? The you know, when I walk through this door, who needs me on my A game? You know, when I walk through the door at home, how do I what kind of father do I want to be tonight? You know, back to that being intentional, right? And purposeful. And, you know, how do I want to interact with my wife tonight? You know, because all this other stuff I've released, I've released the tension of this and I'm going to set my intention towards being the man that I'm called to be. And so I think that's huge and it's very important. Um, But I did want to, I did want to hit on something that you were talking about with that. uh, I grabbed this book um, because you were talking about like the, the money part and, you know, subconsciously acting out of what we've learned. It's learned behavior from our parents or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, this book, I don't know if you've ever seen this book. I've got the exact one. Yeah. 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 So um, inside the council, um, uh, we, we do, I, I post this every day for the guys to connect with their spouses. And it's Great. been transformative for some guys. You know, because a lot of these questions, most guys don't ask or don't even know. And it yeah. is very uh, eye-opening. Like, how, does, how did your parents deal with anger? How did your parents deal with money? How did your parents deal with disciplining? You know, how did they discipline when you're, you know, so we get really insight into our, our spouses by having, by connecting with them on simple questions. It's pretty powerful. Yeah. I've had a, I've had a fun one with that. I picked that up uh, as well. And for those guys that maybe, you know, some guys, I think it's uncomfortable for them, right? They didn't, they don't know having these conversations can be a lot uncomfortable. And if you want to ease into it and step into it, you can try something that I did. It was just kind of a, I don't know if I got the advice from somewhere, but I (laughs) took that book and I put a journal next to it. And I wrote the question in the journal and left it on the bed. And my wife would answer the question and then I would answer the question. So we had this like kind of running journal to answer the questions to each other, just something at your leisure, answer it. And then, and then we also would date night. We'd try to pull some questions, but there's a great uh, app by that John Gottman I was talking about earlier. He's got Mm -hmm. a, a flashcards app. And it's full of that kind of stuff. And you can go in there and do date night questions because a lot of us need to get back to dating our wives yeah, and 100%. making that a regular thing. Cause not only do we need to understand who she was yeah, and why she, but how is she evolving? You know, you get, you hear people all the time. Well, we just grew apart. Mm. You, you didn't, I'm not trying to be mean, but you didn't grow apart. You just, you lost intention there. You didn't, yeah. you didn't spend that time to continue I, to learn each other. Yeah. I, and I would say that you just checked out, right? Yeah. At some point along the line, you checked out and you both are now 
mentally in a different place because there was a there wasn't this intentional connection, intentional right. connecting to stay could like you said to know where her thoughts are going and where she grow and what's God speaking to her about and what you know or whatever. That and they're not being like you said the buffalo. Instead of going home to face the thing they need to face, they're yeah. going to the bar or they're going yeah. to the golf course or they're going to. I got buddies that have done this, like or they, the computer. You know? Yeah, they're going yeah. to the computer. They they're they're avoiding that confrontation because yeah. And but a lot of us aren't equipped. They don't know exactly how to do that. But if you want to develop some understanding and patience with your wife, those date night questions mm. are huge. Absolutely yeah, huge. Absolutely. So. Um, Wow, man, we've, we've really, I don't know. I, I, you know, I never know what the direction of these things. Sure. <laughs> I, just, I just open it up and allow it to flow where, where, where it may go. And um, so I love the, where we've gone with that. But what are some other things that, um, that you do? I know primarily marriage is, your, is kind of your niche, but what are some other things just for men that could just help them and some tools that helped you kind of on that journey? like? I think for the most part, and I don't, I don't want to prejudge like where guys are at right now. Right. But I think for the most part, guys that listen to podcasts are typically the ones that are seeking They, they're the ones that are, that are searching and they're, they're actually applying the things that they learn. Hopefully that's the, that's, you know, most, I would say people that I know that listen to podcasts, they're that type, but maybe we still find ourselves in a place where we still need some more resources or we want, we want to go deeper in that and understand it more. So like, what are some things that you did that really helped you um, in your journey? Um, I'll go back to something you said earlier. I, I was a very resistant uh, believer Um, Mm. faith. uh, My faith journey was a big part of why I've ended up doing the things that I've done from uh, you know, helping other guys to write in this book. Um, I, I wouldn't have done any of that without the influence of our church, other men of faith and being very real and, and at times vulnerable in conversations with other people. Yeah. That's where a big part of my growth has come as well as that time, like I said, with those guys at that, that addiction program. And you want to talk about Beasts of men, they have stripped away everything in their lives, mm. purposely, uh, unintentionally, however it, it turned out for them. And they are building themselves back with a very, very keen understanding of what really matters in this life. And that's the kind of people that I like to surround myself with yeah. is guys that want to have real conversations. Now, look, I, I want to go have fun, too, and play golf and yeah, and, and go fishing. I'd rather fish than golf, by the way. But Right. <laughs> Uh, but I have almost thrown fishing rods in the lake just as much as I've almost broken golf clubs, but you got to have that release. You got to have the, that, that important piece in your life, that escape. But I would say surround yourself with guys that want to have real meaningful, uh, parts to play in your life, not just guys to go play with. Uh, That's Mm. been huge for me in that journey. Uh, reading books, uh, John Eldridge was a huge turning point for me, mm-hmm. and as well as many, many other men. Um, and then uh, my, my wife, candidly, uh, mm. her, her encouragement uh, and her support on on this journey. But there's been I, there's no single element that I could say was that one one piece that really changed my life. There was all these little little pieces, but you have to be looking for it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, I love the idea of, I've always sought out people more specifically in the last uh, three or four years, surrounded myself with people who I can be just, (laughs) I can be myself, right? Uh, I don't have to hide behind an ego. I don't have to hide behind uh, pride or, or anything like that. I'm just like, Hey, this is who I am. And they take it. And yet they also, um, just to be, just to talk manly here, they have the balls, right. They have the kahunas to, to push back when I, when I'm out of line. Right. I've had people in my life that are not that way. 
You know, sure. I've had guys in my life that aren't, uh, I guess, to use our analogy of the Buffalo, they're not the Buffalo and they don't push back against me. Like when I've, I've really just pissed them off and, and they take on the offense, but yet they don't challenge me right? with that. And so I've prayed for guys in my life that can do that to me because I want that. And I think uh, we have to get to that place, kind of like what you were saying is get to that place where, you know, you can be vulnerable. You can say like, Hey, I'm struggling with this. And you're not going to just get, Oh, well, Hey, I'll pray for you, brother. You know um, they're like, yeah, man, I've struggled there too. Um, this is what I've done. Like, let's do this, you know, and let's work yeah. together. You know? And I always, I say this on the podcast often, like you want to find a herd <laughs> that will go into the storm with you. Right. Because the lone Buffalo always gets picked off. Right. And, um, the wolves out there, uh, will, will pick you off. You know, the adversary will pick you off. And so, uh, you know, the, the cool part or the great part about having a strong herd people that you go, yo, Mike, man, I'm struggling in this area. I feel like I'm in the storm of this, or I'm, I'm, I feel like a storm's coming in this area and, and I need some help. And you're like, man, I got you. Let's go. Or you're not going into this alone, you know, and you got people that'll go into the storm with you. Um, and that's what you had, right? I mean, your, your wife and, and others finding those people that can go through life with you as you go through this transitional phase or whatever of, of really searching those things out because, and I would imagine, I don't know if that was the spiritual storm that you, you alluded to earlier. Um, but you know, that is kind of this weird dichotomy of where you're at, right? You're like trying to, trying to be more of a, a godly man, but yet still learning the things of God and, and yet still have some carn carnality, <laughs> you know, about this. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, that, yeah, as you were talking, it definitely reminded me of that 2018 uh, time in my life. It was probably the, the hardest, most challenging thing I'd ever been through. And it was, um, I believe I'd still be stuck there today. Mm -hmm. I had been an optimist all my life. I've always been able to see the silver lining and everything. I have never had such a challenge. I was, uh, first time in my life, I'd had a panic attack. I had, oh, wow. Yeah. I was like, where is, what is this? I didn't know yeah. what was happening. I actually thought <laughs> I was on a plane. I thought I was having an allergic response. Uh, but it, by the way, the worst place to have a panic attack. On yeah. A plane. Right. <laughs> you can't go nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do anything, man. So that just added to it. But <laughs> so, but it's very real, you know, and, and, and for, for some of us guys, uh, we're right on time with some of this stuff uh, when, when it happens, you know, with, with the, the weight of the world that we end up taking on with, with families and work and things of that nature. And I just had kind of this perfect storm of um, this, you know, what I was doing in my faith journey, first of all, and how it's growing and how God was challenging me, mm -hmm. uh, some stuff that I had decided to deal with in my past. And then add to the third element of that, my kids were at a certain, you know, age in their life yeah. that I was starting to see the pressures of being a father to those kids. And it, it really uh, challenged me and, hmm. uh, and I didn't, I didn't see it coming. So it was, you talked about empathy earlier. I really have a, a heart for uh, guys in that spot, you know, because hmm. it's unexpected, it's awful and it's hard to get out of and you can't just, uh, Optim be an optimist and get out of it, which I've always been my whole life. So uh, the way that I got through that was leaning into other people, mm -hmm. you know, leaning into God, leaning into other people. That was my, my friend group. Uh, that was, um, I actually uh, saw a, a, a faith-based counselor to, to manage through that. And then uh, uh, my wife, like I said earlier, and I got that through that, I would say pretty dang quickly. Mm-hmm. And I give that testament that it was because of surrounding myself, because when you isolate, when you go through that stuff and yeah. I've, walked through, I've seen other guys go through it and I've helped guys get through it, they want to isolate because there's a lot of fear and shame and pride yeah. and, and all of that. It just, it extends it and yeah, you're, totally. rest, you're wrestling this thing on your own. And uh, for, guys, for guys that haven't been there and haven't been through that, I would just tell you, watch for that in your buddies. If they start... Mm 
you know, isolating themselves, away. moving away, pulling away. Watch for these different signs. If you can tell something's off, probably something is off. For the guys that have been through that, I would tell you don't hide that from your buddies because they may be going through something similar and yeah. you could help them manage through it. But That's I good. know that, that that takes courage. We all want to be courageous. This kind of stuff takes courage. Yeah, absolutely. Me, me putting that out there to you guys, I hate it. It makes me sound weak and vulnerable and all that. Nah. I hate it. But at the same time, <laughs> I've watched these guys yeah. uh, that inspire me, that have shared their stories on the challenges they've had. Again, I go back to these guys in addiction. They are so mm-hmm. shameful and they're about what they did. But the beast of men they are now only came because they <laughs> surrounded themselves with other guys work through these issues and it came out stronger on the other side of it. So I encourage you, I encourage you to get help. If you're struggling right now, Yeah, ask for help. Yeah, man, I, you're absolutely right. The two things that came to mind as you were, as you were sharing that and thank you for sharing that. That's, you know, I, I, I've, I've not gotten to that place and I have been, uh, I guess more mindful of it as well, you know, of like a noticing where, Again, part of that is awareness and having the self-awareness to know like, okay, I'm starting to feel a certain way. And so I reach out and because uh, I've never really wanted to go there. <laughs> sure. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm an extrovert, so I get my energy from people. So I like to push into people and lean into people versus try to pull away. And so right. I've just always been mindful of like, if I am pulling away and, but to your point though, we see that a lot inside the, I, I don't, I don't want to say a lot. Let me retract that. You see that in men though, and in, even inside the council. So Jeff Forster and I, which by the way, I did want to say like, he is, he is the best friend that I referred to earlier. That is uh, much like my wife, uh, you know, in the mind gotcha. set, the way they think and the way they do things. So I can call him and he's like, dude, like blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, but anyway, so Jeff and I uh, have a membership group uh, called the council and we help guys um, just in uh, really the whole focus of it is, is putting God first, but it's, it's our personal and professional development in life. But from the, from the biblical perspective or from putting God first, seek ye first, and then all these things. And so um, as we do our personal development, as we do our professional development, how do we put God first in these areas? But one of the things that I noticed within the group is guys that will start to isolate themselves or they're active and then they stop being active. Yeah. And we can tell, you can always tell when someone's going through something um, by that. And we're always like, hey, I haven't heard from so-and-so in a while. Let's reach out. So, you know, reach out, see how things are going, hop on a call with them, whatever. And sometimes, you know, they lean into that and sometimes they don't. Uh, And so, but the other thought that came to mind was uh, uh, Chad Wright uh, was, we were out with him um, on the basic course a a year ago, as a matter of fact, uh, this weekend, a year ago. And uh, we hit this moment where uh everybody kind of was individually went off kind of to themselves putting stuff up you know tents or getting stuff together this that and the other and he, he made a point to point out that when when the pressure builds you notice when people they'll go to themselves you know uh they'll isolate themselves or they'll pull inward right instead of right. outward to like hey i need help over here i need help over here you know, they just go inward. Um, and he saw that in the teams a lot. So, I mean, it's not just a, I mean, these are guys inside the teams would even do the same thing. So it's a, it's a, I guess, human nature or, or sure. an aspect of, of, of man to do that. And so we just have to be aware of it. Like when I'm starting to feel like I'm pulling away and push against that uh, and, and get the help or ask for help. No, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I think it is somehow wired in our nature a yeah. perfect example a life-threatening example i started choking i had this big bite of chili that had a giant piece of steak in it that was delicious but i got it <laughs> stuck and we're at this this party and i went to go leave and go into the backyard get away from everybody yeah because you don't want to call attention to yourself you don't want to sure. like 
spit up in front of everybody. I don't How know, embarrassing whatever. would that be? How embarrassing would be to choke, right? I'm going to go die in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go die by myself. So, so instead of like turning and getting someone to help me, I started heading for the back door and I, I, I almost got to the door and I realized, what am I going to do out there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to die out there. And I grabbed a buddy. Funny story with this though. I grabbed, I grabbed the wrong guy. Yeah. I turned him around. And he's like, hey, man, how's it going? And I'm doing the signal of I'm choking. He had no clue what was going on. Fortunately, his wife was right there. That's a nurse. Oh, wow. Gave me the Heimlich and uh, saved wow. my life. But, uh, oh, that's good. Anyway, That's so. funny. Yeah, yeah, it is true. It's, it's kind of a natural thing for us to do is to first re- retreat, right? And uh, we have to be aware of that and push against it. And uh so before we hop out of here, uh, tell us about, I've mentioned it earlier and you've kind of hit on it a little bit, iron and cotton, um, what you're doing there, what's, what's, uh, what you've got going on. I know you wrote a book and you've got some other stuff happening. So, Yeah, first of it, some people are like, well, what's iron and cotton in the first place? Uh, it's a little bit of messaging and, and a, a daily reminder for me. So I carry a pocket knife and handkerchief. And to me, they are symbolic of the strength that I need to bring, the protection I need to bring. And then the the cotton is that that balance, right? That compassionate mm. side. So I know for my father, I kind of carry it after my father and my father's father, who uh, older generations, they always had a pocket knife and handkerchief, kind of like we have yeah. a cell phone in our pocket. They have that. And the handkerchief for me growing up was more used to as a bandage when I scrape my knee or, you know, for wiping a woman's tear, catching a baby's spit yeah. up. It had a lot of uh, care features to it. It wasn't just blowing your nose in it. Um, my dad used to say they used to carry two. One was for show and one was for blow. But yep, uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, so that's the iron and cotton. It's just to symbolize that strength and compassion that I Love think that. as men, we need to carry every single day. And symbolically, yeah. I carry both of those. But yeah, I wrote a book. Um, it's, uh, you know, the, the, the foundation of it was a book to be able to hand to my son one day to better prepare him for marriage, all the things that weren't really passed on to me to better expose what to expect in marriage. We always hear, oh, communication and all these things. Well, I want to dive deeper in that and better prepare men for the journey of marriage, which can be a great one. And then I also want it to be required reading for my future son-in-laws. So oh, yeah. uh, they can make sure that they have a better understanding how to take care of my my uh, daughters when, awesome. they, when they marry them. So required reading and uh, and and a little help for, but I've got a lot of great feedback from uh, guys that have been married. This isn't just for guys that are just about to be married. It's uh, uh, guys that have been married for a while. And if you'll indulge me for a second here, man, I got so excited. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, uh, not yesterday, a couple of days ago, I got feedback from the wife, the wife of a man that read it. She said, however, since reading your book, I noticed a change in him. He looks at me differently with more intention and appreciation, and he wants to do one date night a month. Our first is tonight. <laughs> so it gives me goosebumps, man, to think that this guy uh, read this book, saw a change. His wife saw the change. And uh, and I, I, I'm excited about the journey that they're going to go on. So hopefully I can get that in the hands of more men. And uh, wedding season right now, if you know anybody getting married, uh, buy them a handkerchief, a pocket knife, and this book. And it's going to be a great gift. Love it. And the title of the book? So it's Iron and Cotton, A Man's Field Guide to Marriage. Practical knowledge for married men and aspiring husbands. Love that. And you can find on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever. Just know when you search iron and cotton, you're going to see some ironing boards and (laughs) just (laughs) scroll a couple down and you'll see the book. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Dude, I love that. I love that so much because uh, my my father-in-law, old school man, I mean, he was in his, he passed away and 2018. Um, he was 80, I think 84, 86, something like, I think 84 when he passed away, but he was, uh, he was an iron and cotton man. He uh, carried a pocket knife and a handkerchief and my dad never did. And, uh, but I picked that up from him, uh, when he came and lived with us, uh, for the last 16 months of his life, I ended up carrying a pocket knife even still to this day. So I started carrying a pocket knife and 
And I'll tell you that because that was right around that time frame too that I was really kind of studying, trying to figure out like what does it mean to be a man, you know? And here it is, I've got this manly man in my life now that uh, you know he carries a knife everywhere he goes. You know, it's like okay, I'm going to carry a knife, you know. That's and then great. and then he has a, a handkerchief, you know, you know, and one was for blow, and I think the other was for show. You're right. So my wife always tells me like, so I just went my 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 mom's mother-in-law passed, I, I don't know, about a month ago. And I went uh, to support them at the their funeral and memorial. And I carried uh, two handkerchiefs, yep. <laughs> one for one for blow and one for show. So essential uh, for every stuff. wedding and every funeral, carry that handkerchief. Essential, very much so. So Mike, man, thank you so much for, for coming on and having this conversation about just for men to face things in life, but also in their marriage. And, uh, I mean, we hit on some, a lot of different topics and, but I think they're all super, super relevant to each of us. Um, no matter, no matter the, the stage of life that we're in, whether we're just entering into marriage, guys that are listening that are just entering in and guys that have been married for 28 or more. And so I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your experiences there and in your book, um, definitely listeners check that out. I'll have it in the show notes below, but it sounds like I definitely need to get my hands on it as well because uh, I got two daughters and I want to read it. And so maybe I can pass that on to some future son-in-laws. Sure. So, but uh, thank you so much, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I left space in there for you to write your own comments in the book uh, so you can pass it on to those son-in-laws. But, oh, cool. Very nice. No, man. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time, man. Thanks for what all you're doing here. And uh, I hope we can cross paths again soon. Yeah, I'm sure we will. All right. All right, listeners, until next time, continue to face the storms with passion, strength, and courage. Hey, my friends, I hope you really enjoyed today's episode. If you did, do me a huge favor and head on over to iTunes. Leave me a rating and review. That will definitely help us get this message out to more people. Also, if you haven't done so already, let's connect. You can connect with me on my website, timdouglasinspires.com, and or on the social media sites, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Let me know that you listened to the podcast and that's how you found me. Lastly, stay tuned for more to come. And I definitely want to thank you again for subscribing, for sharing, this with your friends, leaving a review, all that good fun stuff. So until next time, go out there, face your storms, make your difference in the world, and we'll see you next time on the Inspired Way podcast. Thank you.